It's a beautiful day at the homestead. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Tower, an insider's look into the Omni homestead. I'm your host, Jesse Bruton. Today we're speaking to Barry Ryder, Don Ryder, and Mark Fry. Together they have more than 100 years of golf experience at the homestead. Gentlemen, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. So why don't we start by each of you telling us just a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm Don Ryder. I grew up here in Bath County, caddied here at the homestead as a young man when I was in high school and went to work at the homestead right after high school. I'm Mark Fry, and I'm also from Bath County. Golf has been a tradition in my family and a way of life that, as a child, uh, always had a passion for the game. Drove by that Cascades golf course every day of my life, headed to school, elementary school, high school, but it's always been a, a fantastic game and a way of life, and no better place to do that than here at the Homestead. Hi, I'm Barry Ryder. Uh, I've been here all my life, too. I'm a resident of Bath County myself. Like Mark, I, I, you know, I drove by the Homestead a lot and actually had dreams of working here one day and, and got lucky enough one day to be playing golf, and uh, Don saw me at the Lower Cascades and hired me, so I've been here for a while working for Don. So how did you cultivate and grow your skill and expertise in golf over time? Well, for me, expertise in, in golf, I guess a lot of time was spent with my friend Mark and Don. And uh, the thing I think I got better at being a golf professional was the teaching aspect when I uh, did most of the video at the golf school. So seeing, seeing swings in slow motion kind of kind of gives you an idea of what's going on in the swing. And I think that made me a better teacher as far as that goes. And, you know, just years of experience in the golf industry itself around good people uh, made me better at my job. Well, my oldest brother, Fred Ryder, was a golf professional also. He was eight years older than me and probably started me playing when I was about six years old. So just through my family, done most of my cultivating of my golf and swing. Um, and then was fortunate enough to see people like Sam hit one ball after another. And when you watched him swing, if you just tried to imitate it at all, you had a good chance of having a pretty good golf swing. For me, golf was really, uh, this is Mark, uh, was really a way of life. I had an older brother that, I have an older brother that's a really good golfer. My dad was a fantastic golfer and still is able to shoot his age. So I came from a, a family of golfers uh, and had a passion as a young child of playing and uh, was a good junior golfer, played in college, uh, was actually the state champion in high school in the state of Virginia. And so uh, I started out early with a, a lot of talent, potentially, and a lot of people that really cared. Uh, my uncle Bobby Fry was the head professional at the Lower Cascade, so that gave me the opportunity. And the Homestead gave us all the opportunity to use the facility when we were in high school. So uh, I guess our games were cultivated here and just family traditions and everybody caddied, and it was really a way of life. This was way before Xbox and uh, cell phones. So uh, when we were young, that's what we did. We played golf. Barry, how did you get started in golf? Well, uh, so my good friend Mark here sitting beside me, we, uh, we've been best friends for a long time. And so my father and Mark's father worked together at, at uh, West Vaco. And so I'd spend a lot of time at his house. And I can remember when we were younger, his dad taking us out on the Cascades. And we would go up to like 11 and 12, and he'd had one club, and we'd try to hit a ball in the hole with just one club. So... And I thought that was kind of fun. Well, the years went by, and, you know, we all played different sports. But we were having a snow day where everyone was going to go skiing. And the next day, it was supposed to be really warm. So we, Mark decided to skip school and the ski day and a couple of his friends. And, and they invited me to play golf. So went down the basement, found some old clubs that my dad owned, and uh, 
we went to this little nine-hole course, and I can remember getting up on the first hole and missing it about four times before I ever made contact. But I hit the, you know, the fifth one pretty well. So we went to the second hole, and I hit a pretty decent drive and an iron kind of middle of the fairway, about 25 yards, and then I hold it for a three for my first birdie ever on the second hole I ever played. So at that time, I thought it was pretty easy, so I thought I'd just go ahead and make a career of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been chipping in and one-putting ever since, and I hate it. <laughs> Don, how did you get your start in golfing? Well, as I stated earlier, I started as a young man, but one person that really helped me a lot J.C., when he was playing the tour, would come home, and he actually came to the hotel course, the homestead course, to um, practice. And we would go out, and we'd each hit two balls off every shot. And you played the worst shot instead of playing the best shot, like most people do. So if you hit a bad drive and a good drive, you went and played the bad drive. If you hit it on the green, both of them on the green, you didn't make a birdie unless you made two putts. So it taught me to concentrate on every single shot, and uh, he practiced that way a lot of times. So the homestead has two golf courses, the old course and the Cascades. How would you describe the character and the challenge of each of them? Well, the golf courses are two different golf courses, obviously. Um, the resort course, the old course, is more of a, uh, I would say, a, a resort course that's friendly for outings, and uh, some of our uh, corporate tournaments are done there. But comparing that to the Cascades, uh, the Cascades is our championship golf course. We've had eight national championships there. So the difference in the two, they're both mountain courses and they're both very hilly, but the Cascades is far more penalizing if you're offline or if you miss hit a shot, you're probably going to suffer the consequences far more than when you do the old course. And the old course is a much shorter golf course. The old course is much shorter, as Mark said, but it has a lot smaller greens. And I think the thing that most people don't see when they play the old course is your tee shots, if you want to have any kind of level lie at all, you have to pick a spot to hit your tee shot to. It's a lot more hilly than the Cascades course as a whole for the entire golf course. So the old course has fantastic views of the mountains around the hotel and the tower. And so I started at the old course and I have a lot of strong feelings for that golf course. So I agree with, with everyone else, too, uh, the old course. I started playing that golf course in about 1982. So, so it's a really neat golf course. It's, it's, as Don says, it's, uh, it's not a long golf course. Uh, I know from experience a lot of times when I'm around golfers, they see the yardage is 6,000 yards, and they immediately go, man, I'm going to go low today, and that just doesn't happen because of the uneven lies and the small greens, and they're typically very fast. It took me about four years to get enough courage to play the Cascades, so most of my time was spent on the old course. The Cascade course, you know, it offers everything. And one of the things that Sam always said was before you finish your round at the Cascade, you're going to use every club in the bag. You don't go out there and play with a seven iron and a, and a driver and a putter. You use every club in the bag and they're going to be dirty when you come off that golf course. So would you recommend one of the courses over the other based on the individual skill level, someone who's kind of starting out versus somebody who has a little bit more uh, time honing their skill? Well, I would definitely recommend that they start out on the old course. They'll have a lot more fun, chances to make more pars, even as a beginning golfer. Cascades course, the par fours are considerably longer. It's 6,700 and some yards, and it has five par threes and three par fives. So the par fours on that golf course are 470, 430, 440, 450. So it plays considerably harder. 
and a lot of people can't reach those par fours. Yes, and I'd like to add that the old course uh, has six par threes, six par fours, and six par fives. So uh, the par threes are generally shorter over here, which does make it a lot easier. Whereas the Cascades, as Don said, the par threes are are pretty long and, and challenging. And just to say something about the par threes on the Cascades, if you talk to J.C. Sneed, he'll tell you that he's played courses all over, and it has probably the best set of par threes different than any golf course he's ever played. Yeah, and it's a final note, I think. Uh, regardless of your skill level, I think you could enjoy either of these two golf courses. Uh, if you're looking for a challenging tournament round of golf, you can play the Cascades from the tips, and it's all you want. Uh, if you're looking to make a lot of birdies, you can play the old course and shoot for the par fives and two. So I think any golfer can enjoy either one of these two golf courses and certainly have a great day. I want to say one more thing about the Cascades. When we had the NCAA Division One Championship here in 2004, right, Mark? Yes. And when they seen the yardage, they thought they were going to shoot low scores, all of them. Well, at the end of the four days, three of the college players were under par. The rest of them were over par out of the whole field. So a couple of times in conversation, you've mentioned Sam and JC. I'm presuming those are Sam and JC Sneed, who are a couple of serious names when it comes to golf. Have you guys played with them or had any personal interaction with them? Well, this is Don, and yes, uh, I've played with them, and uh, Mark and Barry can tell you stories where they've played with them. We've all had that privilege, and playing with them was great, but I think I enjoyed as much as anything to go up to the driving range and watch Sam hit balls. He had a swing that was unmatched by anyone as far as I'm concerned. He, and he was so successful for so long, mainly because of his ability to turn away from the ball the same way every time. And if you get it in the same position every time at the top of your backswing, you can swing through much easier. And that was Sam's uh, success as far as I'm concerned. J.C., J.C., uh, i never seen anybody practice any harder than he did through his whole career. If somebody hit more balls than J.C. Sneed did, I have no idea who it would have been. And this is Mark, and uh, I was fortunate to play with Sam the first time when I was 16 years old at the Lower Cascades and uh, got to see Sam swing a lot. And I ran the golf schools for the first 10 years of my career here. And during those golf schools, Sam would often come to the driving range, as Don mentioned, to hit balls. And when he did that, the golf school would just stop completely. I mean, here's Sam Sneed hitting balls in front of these golf school students, and it was just like poetry. So they were in awe at what he could do. And this is when he was in his 70s, 80s. Um, My dad was playing with him when he was 71 years old, and he shot 60 which was 12 under par at 71 years old. So once again, a testament to his longevity. Uh, and J.C., I was fortunate to caddy for J.C. several times on the senior tour. And one story that comes to mind, I remember we were in Tampa, and I was caddying for J.C., and it was the final round, and J.C. was probably in the top 25. Uh, we were okay. He was a couple under par, and he came out of the locker room that day, and he was real lethargic he wasn't saying much he didn't hit as many balls as normal and I said what's wrong he said I don't feel good so we went out that day shot 65 we finished in the top 10 I said I sure hope you're sick next week so we can make another big check (laughs) Uh, I just have one real thing that really sticks out from Sam and and, you know Mark talking about him hitting balls one day we were doing the golf school when we put the video camera on Sam 
and uh, just turned it on, let it run. And he was talking about playing at Augusta, playing at the Masters, and he was kind of mocking the players, Ben Hogan and Sarah's and all of them, and he was imitating how they walked and how they teed it up. And it was just so funny to see that side of him as being a professional golfer and you know, the, the seriousness of what his career was. So it was really neat to be a part of. So did you follow their careers closely when they were on the PGA Tour? Sure. We, you know, anytime Sam played or JC played, I was watching to see how they done that. Sam, when they started the senior tour, he was sort of one of the people that got it started. And, of course, Sam was up in age when they started the senior tour, but he still won senior tour events. He played in the uh, four ball matches with Don January, and I was always watching to see how he did on those. Of course, J.C., we watched him from the time we were in high school, so... It was um, a lot of fun to watch somebody have as much success who grew up right here in Bath County. So sure, we all, I sure watched every chance I got. For Barry and I, because Barry and I are the same age, of course, Sam was 54 years older than he and I. So we never really saw his his uh, his career on TV, or wasn't, probably wasn't any TV at the time. But uh, for JC, we watched and we followed, especially after I started caddying for JC a little bit. I really kept up with his tour, his senior tour, uh, and even went, to, I was fortunate to get to watch him at Westchester when I was uh, up in Connecticut to play in an event. But uh, we didn't see Sam as much, but we certainly got to watch J.C. a lot. And I just want to say one thing about J.C. When I bought my first house, I was cleaning out the root cellar and I found a newspaper from August of 1977. And that year, J.C. was leading the tour in distance at 271 yards and he was the leading money winner and it was somewhere around $198,000. 1977. So I kept that paper for a long time. One of my, I guess my uh, greatest experiences was I qualified to play in the State Farm Senior Classic. JC was playing in it. And when you go in there and you get all the pros' names on, on the tee, my name's here beside JC's. And when JC was hitting balls, the pros on that tee would come over and gather around JC and watch him hit balls. They would stop hitting balls to watch him hit golf balls. So it was a great experience for me. JC helped me through that tournament and uh, something I'll never forget. I understand there are a lot of professionals that have come out of Bath County. Other than JC and Sam, who we've mentioned, is there anyone else worth remarking upon? Gosh, there's been so many. There's over 36 club pros around the United States that came out of Bath County. There was four boys in my family and three of us end up as golf professionals. So my youngest brother was in Tennessee. Now he's in uh, Florence, South Carolina. And my oldest brother was in Bowie, Maryland. But I'll have to say there's there was a lot of amateur golfers out of this county that probably could have beat half for the pros, or maybe all of us. There was a lot of great golf professionals and amateurs that came out of Bath County. Yeah, and I think that's, this is Mark, I think that stemmed back from, one, Sam kind of planted that seed but two, the, the caddying was a was an opportunity for a young kid at the time to make some money and and be around golf, and they got associated. I know my dad caddied uh, as a young young kid, and Sam started out caddying. So the the homestead gave us all the opportunity to kind of get the seed planted, and then uh, we just kind of took it from there. But once again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, our generation. We didn't have the, the Game Boys and the Xbox and the cell phones. And you know, I can remember as a kid going out and playing from daylight to dark, playing golf. And if it wasn't golf, it was basketball or if it was, it was football. You know, we didn't, we didn't sit in the house. We, we were active and 
Uh, I think that was a good way for us to grow up. And as Don mentioned about JC, I think JC has helped us all. He's helped me with my game tremendously. Uh, one of my biggest wins was when I won the head pro championship, but the couple days prior to that, JC was helping me on the tee, and it, something clicked, and it was really instrumental in my win. And I, I noted that when I did the press release. But he's been helpful to all of us, and he's an ambassador to the game, and he loves teaching it. And we're fortunate to have him around, and he's still helping us today. So hats off to JC. You know, as Don mentioned, um, we've had over 36 golf professionals, and that, that number's still growing because we have a couple of assistants now that are getting in the business. But with a population of about 4,200 people in the county, Bath County, and when you do the math, you know, 36 golf professionals at a population of 4,200, we're almost at 1% of the county have been golf professionals. So do that math. I, I doubt there's any other counties that can say that. Have there been any other great celebrities or dignitaries you've had the pleasure of watching or playing golf with here? Played with uh, Vice President Dan Quayle when he was Vice President. And uh, also, I guess one of the things I remember more than any, uh, we had Johnny Bench, uh, Billy Kilmer, and Tommy Johns came here to do a show for some group in the hotel. And we were on the 17th tee with the tower in the background. It was my part of my first career year. And Johnny Bench said, uh, is there any few holes we can play while we're waiting? And I said, well, 17 and 18 at that time, 17 and 18 went back to the hotel and one, two, and three. And number three T was, green was right beside number 17 T. I said, we can play those five holes. So me and the three of them, Johnny Bench, Billy Kilmer, and Tommy Johns, we tee off on 17. And, uh, I birdied 17, I birdied 18, I birdied one, I birdied two, and I hit it about three feet from the third hole. And as I'm getting ready to putt, Tommy John says, hey, Bench, what's odds him birdieing all five of these holes we're playing? Well, I didn't even come close to making that putt. <laughs> but we had some fun times. Joe Washington from the Red, Washington Redskins, I played with him. Several people, Don January was here, Freddie Couples has been through here. A lot of the touring pros come through when Jack Nichols, he was here when his son played in the amateur one time. So a lot of them gone through the homestead. Well, I'll just say that while Don was playing with all these dignitaries, Barry and I were doing all the work. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't play with as many. Uh, we did get to meet George Bush. Roger Clemens came through and played. And so there's a lot of celebrities that have been through here. And it's a fantastic place, certainly, or they wouldn't have been here. So beyond golf here at the Homestead, are there any tournaments or championships you've had success with? Well, I'll sort of start this, and I'm sure Mark and Barry can add to it. We've all three had success in the Mid-Atlantic section through the years, won in different uh, championships. Uh, Barry and I won the senior-junior uh, once, and I won the Mid-Atlantic section senior championship in 1997, the year I turned 50. I got to play in the National Club Pro, Senior Club Pro Championship, uh, four times by qualifying for that. So a few years ago, I had pretty good success. It's getting a little harder now, but Barry and Mark both have been very successful in pro-ams too, and they can tell you some about that. Well, you know, we competed when we could, and it was never convenient for us because we're so far away from the beaten path as far as Richmond or Northern Virginia, where most of these events currently usually took place. But uh, as Barry will tell you, and he'll, he'll probably comment on it, when the people saw us coming from the mountains in our company car, they say, oh, no, here comes those boys from the mountains. So they, they knew we were competitive, and 
Uh, I won the uh, the head pro championship for the section in 2001. I finished second in the section championship a couple times. Um, so, and we've had some pro am success. Barry and I should have won the two man in 2001. I had a great year in 2001. We lost in a playoff, but uh, we always enjoyed going and playing and traveling together. And, and I think these golf courses probably molded us. And what's on Sam's plaque at the Cascades? I mean, clearly says. If you can break par at the Cascades, you can play anywhere in the world. So the training ground or the opportunities we had here to practice and play have suited us well for the competition that we loved and, and the, the camaraderie. And so we, we were fortunate to have been here and done the things we've done. This is Barry, and uh, as Don mentioned before, we won the junior-senior, which was a section event, so it was a pretty big event. And one of the funny things that when we had Don's uh, retirement party a couple of years ago, they asked the question came up to me when we came in from the tournament and said, well, gosh, you guys shot seven under. And I said, yeah, Don made seven birdies. And, and they, the guys said, well, what did you contribute or what did you do? I said, I watched them all go in and we won. So, <laughs> so that was, it was pretty funny at the time. But, uh, but yet, right yeah, yeah just get my name right on the check. But uh, we, had a, we used to have a Bobby Jones Pro-Am event here, which was a pretty good event with a strong field from other pros from different states. And I, and I won that one year, and I think that was probably really important to me. I mean, that, the junior-senior was absolutely important, but to win one on my own, that was probably my first event. That was really, really meant a lot to me. And then, uh, as Don said, you know, when he turned 50, I turned 50 and played my first senior event in one of our chapter events, and I won it. So that was my last win at 50. So it's been a couple years ago. <laughs> As I said earlier, I won the section championship in 97, year turned 50. Well, 12 years later, we had it here at the Cascades course. And I was leading going into the second day, lost by one shot, and overall finished second at age 62, playing against everybody 50 and over. So we've had some good success through the years, and thanks to the Lord, we've been healthy. That's what means everything. I heard that at one point, one of your fairways became an accidental runway. Is there anything to that story you'd like to tell? Not long after I became the head professional here at the homestead, one of the fellows outside working came in and said, an airplane just barely made it over the pine trees at the 14th tee. He said, I'm sure he'd come down on the golf course somewhere. So I go out, jump in a cart, and I head up toward 14, 15, up in that area. And when I get up to cross the road at 15 green, the plane is setting above number 12 T with the running gear broke off of it. So I go up and the man is, he's out of the plane. He's got his little boy with him and they run out of fuel. And he uh, actually lands safely, but when he went up the front of the 12 T, it went back up in the air and just fell. And that's when it broke the running gear off. But it was a very interesting happening out on the golf course. The plane sat out there for about three weeks before they could get it out of there. Barry was working at the homestead at the time, worked outside in our operation. So he's seen that also. We treated that as an immovable object during the course of those three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard a lot about families here at the homestead and generations of associates. Don, Barry, your last names are Ryder. How is it working with family? So this is Barry. Um, yeah, I've been here for 34 years. My wife, Debbie, is the equestrian manager. She's been here about 31. And my two daughters, Jessica and Jameson, both work at the homestead now, and they just started a couple years ago. So that's my family members that work here. Well, uh, I've worked here 45 years this time. The first job I held at the homestead was in 1965, 53 years ago. So uh, 
But my family has been associated with the homestead since way back. My grandfathers, both my grandfathers were carpenters, and they worked when the tower, when it was built. Uh, I've had five generations through the years work here. My granddaughters work here. My wife's family have six generations here. Her grandfather, uh, Charlie Keezer, he worked on the old course out here for 65 years, went to work when he was 13 and didn't leave till he passed away at 78. So he worked 65 consecutive years on the old course. A few years ago, my daughter Katie, for the 225th anniversary, they had a contest who had the most family members working at the homestead, cousins, and, and we had 96 working here at the homestead at that time. So my family's been involved at the homestead for a long time. It's just a matter of time till you hit that even hundred. <laughs> Could happen any time. <laughs> a recurring theme when we've talked to people has been how great the associates are here at the homestead. Are there any colleagues that you'd like to highlight? For instance, I understand that we recently renamed a few restaurants after longtime associates. Well, that was Woody Pettis and a good friend of Mark Berry and, and myself for years. Woody was an avid golfer and known by people all over this world, not just the United States. Woody was uh, one of the most respected men in the service industry that I ever knew. And there's a lot of people here at the Homestead that have that same recognition, I can tell you. I'm working with Barry and Mark for the years that I've worked with them has been a privilege for me. Glad to be a part of it. Yeah, I just wanted to add something. Uh, this is Barry. I just wanted to add something about Woody. Uh, I first kind of ran into or met Woody as a fisherman, so I used to <laughs> try to get beat him to the fishing hole down at the local lake, and uh, a lot of times Woody would be there. So that's kind of how I first became friends with Woody. But, you know, after uh, after a while, he started playing golf and just really fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, the fishing hole's all mine now, unfortunately, but Woody's passed. But, uh, you know, it was it was fun to meet him down there. And then once he started playing golf, I never saw him again. So he, he fell in love with golf. He was a left-hander. Uh, he hadn't been playing but a couple years and was shooting in the 70s, so he was just crazy about the game. And it didn't matter if you were a good golfer or a bad golfer. He would play with anybody at any time. So he was a real good guy. This is Mark, and I'd just like to add that Woody was, is and was one of many. I think the employees, the local employees that have, such as Don, had generations of families that have worked here that have such a passion for this place. It's, it's not a workplace. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's, a, it's, it's a family members that love and, and want to see this place succeed. They love their friends and, and the people that work here. So it's a passion for the local people to work here, and that's something we're all very proud of. You find in the, this area in Bath County that there's so many people that have servants' hearts. If you had a flat tire somewhere out here on the road, that somebody's going to stop and change it for you. You won't have to change it yourself. So those are the same people that work here at Homestead, and they care about people. Always have, and I, I don't think it'll ever change. In another interview, Brett, the managing director, shared that we have some families that come and visit Homestead year after year after year. Do you have any returning guests who come to the Homestead and golf as an annual tradition? Well, we sure do, and, and if we're going to talk about returning guests, there's a couple that come to my mind that I was probably more associated with than any, and it was uh, Dr. John Clark. He played golf, but mostly he came here to do a little grouse hunting, turkey hunting, which is my favorite probably thing to do when I'm not golfing. So he brought his dogs, and we bird hunted, 
Came here for over 50-some years. Passed away at about 90. He was 94, about four years ago. And sadly missed here at Homestead because he he uh, was known by everybody around the hotel. Woody is a great friend of Woody's. And then uh, another experience I had with a guest. When I first started in golf, uh, Dr. Rutt and his wife Doris came here. They loved the homestead. It had been coming for years before I took over as a golf professional, but I played with them for about six years, every morning. And uh, he came in, it was in 1980, and asked me if I'd play. He'd lost his wife. And we went out to play, and he put his wife's ashes on one of the golf holes here. I'm not going to tell you which hole, hmm. but it was unbelievable what people thought of this place. And I ran the golf schools for the first 10 years that I was here, and I had several students that would come annually just to kind of kick off their season. It was a spring golf school, and they would always come to the very first school. And then we had some good friends, too, uh, Fred Reno and his wife, Deborah. Uh, they were married here at the homestead, and uh, they continue to come back annually every year. And uh, Fred and Deborah are now moving to Charlottesville. So they love Virginia, and they love the area so much they moved from California to Virginia. And so we'll be seeing Fred a lot more often. But there's just a number of people. The Hewitts, uh, they come on their anniversary every year. They're from Northern Virginia, and they stay in the same room, and they see the same people, and it's uh, it's a tradition that, you know, I think this place is full of traditions and something that I think the people and the locals have a big part of. They want to come back and see the people they know. Yeah, and speaking uh, speaking of the golf school, we actually had, uh, this year, we had Deck Potts come to our golf school for their 20th reunion. So this was a group of guys mostly from Maryland, that came every year religiously for about 10 or 12 years to do a golf school. Big group, brought 24 guys. It was just a fantastic school to be a part of because we actually got to play with them as well and have dinner with them, and they had entertainment here. But anyhow, they uh, yeah, they came back this year for a reunion, and it was pretty awesome to see that they had that many people still interested in coming. And then we have one uh, smaller group that it's about 16 guys from New England that come every year, and this was their 17th year of being here so. So there's, uh, yeah, there's definitely people that, that want to come back because one of the people and, and two, because we have great golf courses. So in 2018, it was announced that Omni Hotels and Resorts are the official hotel of the PGA Tour. What were your thoughts on that announcement? Well, I think it's fantastic. And, and I don't think there's anyone more deserving than Omni to have that distinction. So if a guest were here for only a single day and you had to recommend one activity for them to do other than golf, what would you insist that they not miss? Well, one of the um, most scenic and uh, I've found that people enjoy if they've never done it before is our shooting club. It's got beautiful views of the mountains and probably the best sporting clays field in the country. It's not set up in a field where you see a bird go out in front of you. You go through the woods, and they throw that bird from the top of a ridge. It comes off the top of the ridge, swings down through the trees, and you shoot it in the trees, not out in the wide open. It's something that you don't see anywhere. I've shot in different places. My son's actually a shooting instructor there, a level two shooting instructor. And I have to say, he just won the state AA championship last uh, month. So we have some good shooters over there, too, teachers. Well, for me, I'm going to have to uh, say the equestrian operation here is one of the things that guest people would really enjoy. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where you don't have to be an expert to to be able to ride a horse, but it's 
it's a place where you can go enjoy yourself and be on a horse and feel comfortable that the horse is not going to throw you off or leave you behind somewhere. So, you know, the equestrian operation here does pretty well. Um, they get a mix of, of different riders, beginners to experts. And, uh, you know, we have about 41 horses here now. So it's a, it's a pretty big uh, business. And it's not something that you see at the other places that you go. Well, personally, I think you've asked a question that can't be answered here at the homestead. If you only had one day, you're going to miss out on a lot. I mean, there's so many things to do. Depending on the time of the year you're here, if you like the winter sports, you can ski. There's zip line. There's trout fishing. There's canoeing. There's whitewater rafting. There is so many things. I don't think you could do only one thing. It would be hard to recommend only one thing. This is too much to do. What's your favorite secret about the homestead? Something that you might discover once you're here, but you wouldn't ever learn just by reading a website? I'm going to guess that we're all going to say the same thing here because, uh, you know, we have a passion for the place. Our families do. The secret here in Bath County at the homestead is the people. Come and meet the people. It's an opportunity to make friends, and you won't regret it. Agree with Mark. You're going to find people with a servant's heart. They're here to serve you and make sure you enjoy your time while you're here. It's been like that since it started, and it's still like that. Same for me. It's it's the people, and it's you know it's it really reflects, especially like when you're doing golf lessons or something. One person will come to do a golf lesson, and they'll ask for the same one of us every single time. And if I'm not here, they won't take one from Mark. Or if Don's not here, they won't take one from me. You know, it's so so it's it's the people, and and, and the guests that come here develop that relationship with the people. You know, it, it, even for us, it feels like they want to see us when they come here. So that's all the time that we have for now. Barry, Don, Mark, thank you so much for sharing your time and your insight with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. For us too. Thank you. Learn more about Hidden Treasures at the Homestead by listening to our entire podcast series, available in the property details section of theomnihomestead.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For exclusive offers on the Omni Homestead and other Omni hotels and resorts, sign up online for select guests. You'll also receive perks when you stay, like free Wi-Fi and complimentary morning beverage delivery to your room beginning on your second stay. Beyond the Tower is a production of the Omni Homestead Resort in Hot Springs, Virginia. The title music, Welcome to My Homestead, is written and performed by David Hill. Executive production by Lynn Swan, production by Altamira, audio engineering by Echo Dog Productions, and hosted by me, Jesse Bruton. Many thanks to all of our talented guests. For more information about how to book your next stay, visit theomnihomestead.com. Thank you.